Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. It's time now to take a look at the bigger picture. Quite a bit of central bank action expected this week, putting currencies front and centre. What are we talking about, Ryan? At least five central banks due to make headlines? Yeah, it's a trip around the world and we've got central banks in Singapore, New Zealand, Korea, Canada and Turkey among them. Also, we will be watching out for a stream of inflation data out from China today and from the US tomorrow. Give another indication where rising prices could be putting more pressure on policymakers. So let's check in with Philip Wee. He is the Senior Currency Economist for DBS. Morning, Philip. How are you doing today? Hi, morning, Ryan. Very good. Hey, Philip, before we get into the Singapore dollar, let's set up the backdrop of how the Fed and the USD has been moving. We've seen quite a few hawkish signals coming through from the Fed and we are looking at the greenback now at near two-year high. So, Philip, how much more upside are you looking at when it comes to US dollar, where it's now at 99.83? Well, last year, when we started the year, we actually set a target of 102 for the DXY in the third quarter. So it's moving quite nicely there. I mean, we believe that the Fed, you know, was going to be hawkish. They were talking about triple tightening and I think the market is now finally come to terms with the fact that among all the central banks, he is clearest in terms of his top priority to rein in elevated inflation. So this is evident in the US bond yield. You know, both two-year and 10-year is above the 2%, but more importantly, 10-year is now above the Fed's estimated neutral rate of 2 to 2.5%. You know, and the markets, I think, are still trying to figure out what's the terminal rate for next year. So you have people talking about, you know, it being somewhere between 3 to 4%. Our forecast is about 3.5% next year. Okay. And tonight on attention to Singapore, where we are expecting the first quarter GDP numbers out this Thursday, alongside the MAS moving its policy as well, where they could possibly tighten for the third time in a row. Philip, how much urgency is there for them to help to shore up the Singapore dollar against the current backdrop right now? Well, Singapore is a price taker. So the most of the world is having inflation. We will not be spared. I think so far our move is more muted compared to our Western counterparts. But nonetheless, oil prices are, are still holding about $100 per barrel. You know, I'm, I'm citing Brent. And core inflation is above 2%. Mm. So last time we had that, according to my model, the policy bench should go back to a slope of 3%. So last October, we have already returned to 1%. Then January, we had the unscheduled meeting, which brought us back to 2%. And you know, also the MS can also pair, you know, the steepening with a recentering. But we think that this will probably be deferred to October. For band widening, I can't see it happening, you know, because the dollar, you know, right now is strong and not weak. The last time it happened, you know, the dollar was in a crisis. You know, so Singapore was uh, flooded with a lot of inflows. You know, our rates were negative as well. Okay, so we've got a dollar versus sing dollar now at 1.364. Philip, where do you see it going mm-hmm. for the end of the year? Well, Chris, I mean, I've been looking for it to maybe hold between 132, 137 range, but I'm getting a bit concerned you know, about the Asian currencies. Mm. If you look at dollar sing against the dollar index, the, the main one, the DXY, which measures against the developed market currencies, that looks okay. I mean, we have been resilient. Okay, that's also partly because, you know, the dollar is tracking the dollar index for the emerging Asia, you know, which is also stable. But if the U.S., let's say, rates become like that's going to hike 50 basis, you know, we expect in May and June and start quantitative tightening, 
and on a relative basis, you know, other, other central banks are not able to match it. Then, you know, then the you know, upward pressure on the dollar, you know, we think it could filter in uh, to dollar thing. That's, that's why it's quite interesting that running into this policy meeting, dollar thing has been moving up, but that's because of the basket. So it's important to separate the policy and the dollar thing rate. You know, I think when it comes to managing the nominal exchange rates. Mm. And the other factor also to watch out for is what's happening with the euro. And this is where we've got a backdrop that is getting quite noisy. We've got the Ukraine war just adding to the inflationary picture. We've got the possibility of a slower re- uh, economy in Europe. And also over the weekend, we had the French elections, at least Emmanuel Macron leading the polls right now. That seems to be giving some support to the euro. But for the week, we are now seeing the euro down 0.6% and it's now at one point zero eight. Where do you see it going from here for the euro? Euro has a range that is started since March. That's between 108 and 112. So I think we're all looking at the ECB meeting this Thursday to see how much weight they're going to be putting on the taxation risk that's emerged after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So at the same time, we also noted that, you know, uh, you know Europe just announced huge jump in the inflation number hmm. about, I think, last year, a couple of weeks ago. But the bond just didn't react to it, you know. So that's sort of uh, tell us that, you know, that even if the ECB decides to end asset purchases, they have very scheduled that decision for June, and that should pave the way for rate hikes later in the year. But as we've seen also in the RBA meeting, mm-hmm. uh, even if they signal, you know, um, signal a hike, but, you know, as long as the U.S. economy is firm, as long as inflation numbers in the U.S. is strong, you know, uh, so we're watching this week's numbers. And, you know, um, so find that other central banks, you know, uh, are finding it difficult to pit themselves against the Fed in this regard. So I do have a euro forecast of 105 at the end of the quarter. Yeah, on that note, an Australian dollar is down 1% last week against the strength of the US dollar. So something to watch out for, especially if they have elections coming up next month, where we could maybe see some fiscal spending affecting how the Australian dollar flows. Uh, we've been chatting with Philip Wee. He is the Senior Currency Economist for DBS. Philip, thanks for your time, and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thanks very much, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.